Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. And so what I have found is there is no transformation without truth. You have to want to be free more than you want what you have and more than you want what you think you want. And so what maybe the first place that people can just start, regardless of where you are, if you want to transform your life, the first place to start is by looking at what lies am I telling myself? Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage. 
helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for joining us. So today we have a very special guest. So special that I'm going to need you to grab a pen and paper because you're definitely going to want to take notes. I just listened to his live. Not only was I inspired, but I felt totally motivated for change. So I want to go ahead and introduce Coot, Coot Blackson. Coot, can you please tell us about your story and how did you become such a badass? <laughs> um, wow, what can I say? Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Um, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I live in the U.S., so I'm from everywhere and nowhere. And <laughs> that's that that's, has, it, has had its own challenges but been a huge blessing at the same time. Look, from a very young age, I always felt something. I felt I was a very sensitive kid. I felt people very deeply. There was a always a part of me that wanted to alleviate people's suffering in some way. I just didn't know what that would look like. And people will often say that my upbringing was a bit different, a bit unique. But for me, I just thought my life was the same as everyone else's. I thought that my upbringing was normal. In that, my first memories as a young boy was being lost in the crowd in Ghana, West Africa. And I saw this crippled woman pick up the sand that this man walked on, wiped it on her face and stand up. Week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. The same man who sand she picked up would look at a woman in the wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick. Stand up. And he put his hands on them and they would be healed. So you could you know, called this wow. miracles. Yeah. And so I literally grew up seeing, I grew up in this environment of possibility, an environment of possibility of change and transformation and healing and the miraculous. And so this man was my father. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, built a huge church in London, about 5,000 people in London, hundreds of thousands of people in Ghana. Um, he was considered the miracle man of Africa. And so, yeah. you know, my career, you could say speaking career started at age eight when I was thrown into the audience and my father said, speak. And that's when I started speaking. And at age 14, I was ordained as a minister. Wow. And I was given the, the mandate to take over my father's organization. I was the successor. Um, everyone had their hopes and dreams pinned on me. And yeah. my entire life was basically set out for me. Yeah. But deep down, I think that I knew that something wasn't aligned. I... I knew that this wasn't my path, this wasn't my destiny, this wasn't my purpose, but I think like many of us, we allow fear to stop us. We allow fear to 
uh, inhibit and prevent us from expressing who we are. We allow fear to prevent us from, you know, expressing our voice. The fear of if I am fully myself, then you won't love me. My fear was if I dared to speak my truth to my father and be myself, then I'm going to lose him. I'm going to be outcast. I'm going to be alone. And yeah. for four years, I went through a deep internal conflict and turmoil and questioning. And when I was 17 and a half, 18, I came to a very transformational, pivotal moment in my life where I had to make some choices. I looked into my future and I saw that I could follow the expected path, the life that was set out for me. And I could yeah. be successful and I could be happy and I could maybe, you know, take things to the next level. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my soul, if I didn't have my integrity, if I didn't have my truth, and if I live, if I live this lie to get love, validation and approval from my father, I'm going to have to live this lie for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that felt painful. And so I felt my soul calling me to come to America. I felt my soul calling me to come to the U.S. specifically because as a kid, I would sneak into my father's office and there were literally thousands of self-help spiritual books on his bookshelf. Yeah. And I would, you know, basically I became a self-help book addict at a, at a very young age trying <laughs> to understand like who am I and what's the purpose of life and why am I not happy and you know how do I make peace with purpose and what am I here to do and and so all of the authors lived in Southern California and so I wanted to come and you know, Wade Dyer, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, yeah. so I wanted to come and meet these folks and study with them and go into this field and so I felt my soul calling me to come to America. I'm 17 and a half, never been here, but my it was so strong. And I think sometimes what your soul guides you to do isn't always convenient. What your soul guides you to do doesn't always make sense to your mind. But I'm a firm believer that when you follow your soul and when you follow the, your truth and when you follow your heart's intelligence, you will always be guided in the right place at the right time with the right people, even though the route that you take may not be the one that you most ex expect. And so I knew what I had to do. Yeah. And that was to leave. And so at 17 and a half, I decided I was going to have a conversation with my father, basically break up with my father. You know, yeah. and, and I basically had to grieve the loss of the relationship with my father and make peace that we wouldn't have the relationship that I wanted. And that was heartbreaking, but also freeing at the same time. And we had the conversation and I told him my truth with love and we didn't speak for two years. And yeah. that was incredibly challenging. Absolutely. But I knew that this was my path. And long story short, I ended up winning a green card in the green card lottery. This brought me to the U.S., two suitcases, $800, knowing no one in the country. And I went and found teachers and mentors and authors, studied with some of them. Yeah. Then, I, then I traveled, went to Thailand, went to um, parts of Asia, went to Israel, studied with some rabbis, ended up in India. And it was my time in India that kind of cracked me open to another level of my own truth, of my own knowing. And, and through those years, I went through my own internal transformational process. And out of that, I came back to, to the States a few years later and at a young age started working with people. And one person showed up and another had no idea what I was doing. But yeah. One person showed up, another person showed up, another person showed up. People started transforming. I started getting in, in a, a kind of download of inspiration of how to transform people. And people started coming from, from around the world. Uh, That's amazing. To see transformation. And it, then it just started growing into small groups and large groups and hundreds, thousands of people. And then Two, two best-selling books. So that that's is amazing. <laughs> that's a short person. I love that. What would you say? We're just going to get straight into this. 
What would you say is the ultimate speed bump wall that keeps people from gaining the transformation that they ultimately yearn for? You mentioned fear. Yeah, I don't know if there's one, okay, because I think yeah. they're all different. But I'll speak to a couple of things. Number one, look, I've worked with thousands of people from all walks of life. And one of the things that stops us from truly transforming are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. As human beings, for reasons I'll get into, we are constantly lying to ourselves about who we are and what we want. And because the fear is, whoa, if I... If you know who I really am, then maybe you won't love me. And we're conditioned from childhood to pretend to be things that we're not in order to get love, validation, approval from parents and those around us in the world. And and, and so we're so conditioned, not necessarily aware that we're conditioned. And so we lie to ourselves. We stay in relationships that we know is not right. We stay in relationships that we know we're no longer in love. We yeah. work jobs that we hate, compromising our integrity, uh, betraying parts of ourselves. We say yes when we mean no. And so what I have found is there is no transformation without truth. You have to want to be free more than you want what you have and more than you want what you think you want. Yes. And so what maybe the first place that people can just start, regardless of where you are, if you want to transform your life, the first place to start is by looking at what lies Am I telling myself and just getting real and honest about what lies am I telling myself? And I invite people to take the, the pressure off of yourself of having to take any action, because sometimes the fear of the consequence of taking action, it stops us. And yeah. the ego plays the self-protective game of confusion. Like, oh, I don't really know what to do. I don't really know if this relationship is right. I don't really know what my purpose is when deep down we know, we know. we're just afraid. Yeah. But, but we're, we're kind of playing this game of confusion yeah. and I don't know. And so if you take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action and just say, you know what, I'm going to simply acknowledge the truth and I don't have to do anything about it. Then that opens up a safe space to just get in touch with the truth because you can't shift something until you're in relationship with it. And so the first place is to say, I'm not in love with my husband or wife. Yeah. You don't have to leave. You don't have to break up. You don't have to do anything, but I'm no longer in love. I hate my job. Just start that. You don't have to leave, but just begin there. And that starts getting you in touch with a deeper feeling, a deeper truth, a deeper acknowledgement. And then uh, an inner process can begin. And so I think the truth is what sets us free. And so what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? And what is it costing me? I think yeah. in so many ways we keep ourselves stuck because we feel pain. We feel some pain in our lives. Like pain can manifest as emotional pain. I'm depressed. I don't have energy. I'm uninspired. I'm sad all the time. This is a signal that something is not aligned. Uh, a physical ailment, an ongoing disease in some way. To me, pain is a messenger. Pain is feedback. Pain is a is like a part of our own subconscious that is trying to speak to us and communicate to us. And yet, as human beings, like when we lie to ourselves, it's not meant to feel good. When we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. The pain is a, is is a communication. You know, is a communication method of our own of our own deeper heart, our own deeper yep. unconscious. And so, what we tend to do as human beings, we've been conditioned to avoid pain. We see it as bad. We see it as negative versus seeing pain as feedback. Pain is your friend. And so, we drink it away. We sex it away. We shop it away. We we work it away just so that we don't deal with it. And that just keeps us stuck even more yeah. when we don't deal with the pain. And so, to truly transform your life. 
acknowledge the truth, face the truth, like feel the truth, live the truth, happy life. It's simple in some way, but it's not always easy. It's not always easy because we are conditioned. And this is the key. What keeps us stuck is we're conditioned. You see, I think that we're all born free as human beings. As as children, we were freaking free. We Mm -hmm. would jump on the table naked and sing at the top of our lungs, and we didn't care what we looked like. We didn't care if we couldn't sing like Adele. We were just free. We were singing. We were singing. We're singing our heart out, being what we were. And then maybe someone said, oh, you don't look so good. Or someone said, oh, you, you sound like crap. Or, or you know, you, you, don't, you can't hold a tune. Or boys don't cry. Or girls don't act a certain way. And so we started to shut down. And so the conditioning process began. We were these bright beings. We incarnated in, into this human experience. We met our parents. Yeah. Our parents, they you know, blessed their souls. You know, they were just doing the best that they knew how to do based on their conditioning. So we're born into a preset framework of conditioning. And maybe dad was crazy. Maybe mom was an alcoholic. Maybe they were fighting all the time. Maybe there was, you know, abuse, pain, dysfunction, some kind of trauma. And maybe they were great people, but they just didn't know how to meet our emotional needs based on their upbringing. And so we we were born into this framework. And so what happens is two things. The first thing is, as children, we learn all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, and not feel. Mm-hmm. And so we suppress, we suppress, we suppress, we suppress, we suppress the pain of being abandoned. We suppress the pain of feeling unsafe. We suppress the pain of mom and dad are fighting all the time. We suppress yeah. the pain of disappointment. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of layers of unfelt feeling gets built up. And, and our true life, our true nature, our true truth, our true authentic expression often gets hidden underneath the mountain of layers of unfelt, unprocessed pain that we take throughout our childhood into adulthood. And then, and then we don't, necessarily know who we are. And before you know, we start also erecting all sorts of walls around us, defense mechanisms to not feel the pain. We erect walls to not feel the pain. And then we lose touch with who we are. And we hold on to this protective way of being in order to function and survive. It's survival. Most of us, we are living as adults, survival strategies that we learned that worked for us when we were five, when we were eight, when we were 10 but it no longer works for us. It starts limiting us when we're 25 and 35 and 45 and starts, you know, inhibiting our capacity to be authentic and to receive love and to give love. We also learn, I think, a way of being, the sense of like, who do I need to be in order to get love and validation and approval? So we contort ourselves into a kind of shape, developing and becoming a persona, a personality, a role, a mask, an identity of who we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, and approval, we become nice, the nice girl, the independent one, the funny one, the responsible one, the one that takes care of everyone else. And we control ourselves to the shape to become who we think we need to be to get love, validation, and approval. And we actually think that the version of ourselves that we've become is who we really are, mm-hmm. but it's not. And now we we end up living inside of the prison and the limitation of this persona that we've become. And the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. And the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we don't have access to the fullness of our potential. And so, so many of us, because we've become a version of ourselves that is not necessarily authentic to get love, validation, approval, which is a lie. So now our entire life is built on this lie. Our entire life is built on this identity. And we wonder why we're not happy. And so I think 
it's our conditioning that we're often not aware of that keeps us stuck. And so we have to become aware of our conditioning yeah. and become aware that we're conditioned. We have to be willing to question our conditioning. We have to be willing to acknowledge the feelings that we have learned so skillfully to suppress, to keep ourselves safe so that we can release that, mm-hmm. let that go and tap into a deeper dimension of our truth and authentic nature and power. So one thing I appreciate about what you're saying is you're right. You know, these, these thoughts, you know, we're living this life. We've been conditioned to believe this way. We've been conditioned to believe we're unworthy unless we're validated by someone. We're, you know, conditioned to believe that unless we look a certain way, act a certain way, you know, that determines our worth. Right. Yes. And you know, what you were, what you were sharing right now, we tend to try to avoid that pain, which which we end up signing up. We don't even realize we're doing it, but we end up signing up for this life of suffering. We try to deny the pain versus accept that it's a part of our life and sign up for this life of suffering. And it's Mm -hmm. continuing suffering because we, we constantly deny the reality. And the reality is shit, shit happens and it becomes so overwhelming. And you know, Pain happens and it also becomes overwhelming. But we've what we've neglected to do is similar to what you just said, and I want you to speak to that more, is we've refused to go ahead and and um, identify why it's happening and in addition why we continue to run. Why is that our that our go-to? And why is it so why is it so hard for us to face? So I'm I mean kind of I grew up very different from you, obviously, but for me, my familiarity was you don't show emotions, you don't show any signs of weaknesses, you know, you make sure that, you know, you're, you're on top of your game because someone is out to get you. Like my dad was a gang member. Somebody is out to get you. And so growing up, it was like, boom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Boom. I'm not going to trust anybody. People that are nice, uh, people that are nice. There's something going on there and they want something from me. And I didn't know what I didn't know. So for us to make this transition, yeah, we have to com- We do have to become familiar with some of these red flags. How do you identify these red flags when all you've known is this life? Yeah, I think often you start experiencing so much pain in your life. Yeah. You start yes. feeling miserable and unhappy yes. and depressed. And at a certain point, you have to question, like, why do I feel this, this way? Even mm-hmm. if maybe you, you, you've succeeded and you have, what yeah. you, you have what you thought you wanted, now you realize, shit, I have what I thought I wanted, but I'm still not happy. I yeah. have what I thought I wanted, and I'm not happy, and I have what I thought I wanted based on who I thought I was, and I'm still not happy, so now what? And so that's a red flag. Like, yes. wait a second. And, and, and so the other thing I think is when you start attracting – the same dynamics in life and relationships Bingo. over and over and over and over and over again. You attract someone who's not available. You attract someone who cheats. You attract someone yeah. who's abusive. You attract the same dynamic over and over again. At some point, you can keep pointing the finger out there at the world and those people and those situations. But at some point you start seeing that the common denominator is you. And at some point you start seeing that the only way to shift your experience and attract something different is to shift yourself 
and yeah. to heal yourself and to transform yourself. And that the reason you are attracting these situations and these people, which are really a mirror manifestation of your own self and your yeah. own consciousness is because there's something inside of you that is unresolved, that is pulling and attracting this experience, this person to you to really give you the opportunity to heal that part of yourself and heal the energy and heal the karma and heal the dynamics within yourself. And yeah. so I think that it is <clears throat> understandable that we resist change. Yeah. Because Hell here's yeah. the thing. Absolutely. When we understand like the ego, what we believe ourselves to be, what we have been conditioned to be, what mm -hmm. that has been reinforced by life, the ego I'm tough and I'm this and I'm that. And yeah. the, the version of ourselves that we believe ourselves to be is ego. The ego's job is to reinforce its existence. Yeah. And the ego's job is to keep you safe based on what it learned, how to keep you safe in its limited five-year-old, mm -hmm. four-year-old way. And so the natural resistance and fear is if I feel and I let go, or I surrender, or I trust, then, or if I question myself, I might get hurt again. And I don't yeah. want to get hurt again. I, I don't want to get hurt again like I was five. I don't want to get hurt again with that abusive situation. I don't, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to let go of who I am, even though who I am and the version of myself that I've learned to become shut down, disconnected, yeah. not feeling, whatever it is, everyone fill in the blank even though now this is actually limiting my ability to have a healthy relationship, you know, Either. even though this is limiting my yeah. ability to really be intimate and vulnerable and, and have a healthy relationship, but I can't open my heart and trust someone. I can't open my heart and let someone in. I can't open my heart and really be vulnerable and, 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 and need in love because shit, I might get hurt. And yeah. so we start seeing after we have enough of those patterns and cycles of broken relationships and, you know, broken situations, we have to start saying, I, I, I need to evolve. I yes. need to heal those parts of myself. Now is not then. I need to evolve. And so what I just want people to get is when you come to that point, that doesn't mean the scary thing is, oh, shit, I just have to like annihilate who I was. Yeah. No, what we have to do is the ego is not good or bad. It's just the process of identification. Ego is not a thing. It's a process of identification. And so it's not about like getting rid of all of those personas. It's really about acknowledging them and, and becoming aware of them yep. so that they're not running the show all the time so that you can start to then develop a new relationship with those parts of you. Because there is a place for the person that doesn't maybe trust people in your sense. There is a place for the independent, independent one. There is a place for the responsible one. There is a place for the kind one. There is a place for these parts, but they have to have, you have to have a healthy relationship with them because if they're running the show all the time, then there's no spaciousness. There's no choice. We're just being run by our traumas and our conditioning. And so it's about shifting your relationship with the ego and shifting your relationship with those roles and masks so that you can be conscious and you can be aware and you can, and you can, for instance, somebody can be stubborn, right? But does that mean you just let go of that completely? No. When you understand the underlying intention, because underlying every behavior is a positive intention. And so that part of us that learned to be that way, it meant well. 
It, yeah. it has beautiful intentions. So when we can meet that part of us with understanding and not judgment and meet that part of us with, with kindness and loving and bring loving to that part of us that was wounded and maybe a bit stuck. And we learn how to just love that part of us, thank that part of us, appreciate that part of us, work in cooperation with that part of us. Then that part can kind of transform and become our ally. Yes. So then, then, for instance, stubbornness can transform into determination. Yes. And we can still be discerning. Like we can still be discerning, but we don't have to be mistrusting all the time. No. And so that's the transformation that can happen. And the key to the transformation is the understanding of the positive intention, but also the understanding, I would say, of bringing loving, bringing loving to those parts of us that are hurting. Those parts of us that are hurting are afraid. And those yeah. parts of us that are hurting have learned how to be that way based on a limited perception of what we thought we needed to do to just survive. So when we can bring love to those parts of us that are hurting, those parts of us that are hurting are the parts that most need the love, yet yeah. we often most judge. We often most disconnect from it. So if we can bring loving and compassion, like we would a child that was yeah. crying, that's when healing can happen. And that's when we transform our relationship with us. Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'd like to add that that's also one of those opportunities where we can grow that level of confidence because now we're going to start trusting that we are capable of feeling pain and we are capable of protecting ourselves and healing through it. I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine, and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic, non-judgmental approach to all of our clients. It's time you've waited long enough, whether it be for you, your child, or if you're in need of a couple session, we are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you. Schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288. Again, that number is 951 951- 3953288. We're looking forward to meeting you and being a part of your journey. You bring up a really um as yeah, I wrote this down right now, one thing I often get from women and I love that we're talking about transformation. A question I I get, I swear to you, every single time um I I'm I'm on a live or just with questions in general. How do I get my husband to change? Okay. And I would love for you to answer this. Hell yes. I would love for you to go there. And here's, (laughs) here's why they've already gotten my feedback, but I want, I I definitely want them to hear it from a male perspective, right? I I can already feel where where we're going and I'm excited about it. But yes, the question is, how do I get my husband to change? Yes. Let's go there. So number one, stop trying to change your husband. Thank you. Let's start there. Point one, stop trying to change your husband. Why? Your job is not to change your husband. Your job is to change yourself. Yes. If you understand this, relationship is a mirror. 
Mm. In relationship, you attract to you. In this case, a husband. You attract to you a man, a person that really is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness in that particular moment in time. That person you attract to you is a vibrational match for your consciousness, for your conditioning, for your patterns, for your issues. That person you attract, and, and you might say, but no, it's not. Well, this is the person you attracted. The scale, the scale doesn't lie. Yep. The bottom line, the mirror yep. doesn't lie. You can fight mm-hmm. the mirror, but this is what's in front of mm-hmm. you. This is the mirror. So the person you attracted to you is a mirror manifestation of yourself. They reflect to you parts of yourself that you most need to heal. You yes. most need to integrate. You most need to make peace with. You most need to forgive. You most need to acknowledge. You most need to transform. That husband is a mirror manifestation of aspects of your own consciousness that you've drawn into your experience because you are a vibrational match. There is no going around that. When you accept that, rather than to ask yourself, do you like what you see? Yeah. And if the answer is, well, kind of sort of no, don't argue with the mirror and don't blame and don't point the finger and, and most of us, we try to change the mirror and the yes. reflection. Yes. The person is a reflection, a vibrational reflection that is in communication with your body, with your heart, your soul, your nervous system. So the key then becomes to take full responsibility yes. for the reflection and commit to transforming and changing yourself. And how you can do that is take responsibility yep. or make it about him. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask yourself, what is my husband reflecting to me about myself? Well, nothing. Ooh. What is Write my, that down. Write that down. What is my husband reflecting to me about myself? Now, some women are going, going to say, well, nothing. He's yeah. fucking selfish and he's <laughs> selfish and he's narcissistic and all he thinks about is himself. Yeah. No. Okay. But if you take a step back and go, yep. okay, it's a mirror. I attracted him for a reason. What is my soul seeking to learn? What is my soul seeking to learn in this relationship? Then maybe you're not narcissistic. Maybe you're not selfish. But maybe he's reflecting to you and showing you where you need to be more like that. Where yes. you, where you, the, maybe he's showing you the part of yourself. Maybe he's so on one extreme that he's showing you the part of yourself that you actually need to embrace more rather than, and you're so disconnected with honoring yourself and loving yourself. And he's so on the extreme that you need to actually integrate what you've disowned in the manifestation of him, which is why you attracted that extreme mirror to you. And so sometimes the mirror isn't, well, he does this and I do that. Sometimes the mirror is he's showing you aspects of yourself that you also haven't integrated and owned. And so Mm -hmm. here's the thing. When you understand that, you start focusing on yourself. What do I need to shift? What do I need to heal? What yeah. do I need to transform within myself? But, but I want women to understand this. Every single thing that happened to you from childhood is stored in your nervous system. Yeah. Your nervous system is the antenna to the world. Information comes in. It gets filtered through your nervous system. And through the state of your nervous system, your nervous system processes an individual, an experience, and makes an interpretation that that functions as your reality, not necessarily reality, but functions as reality based on the state of your nervous system. That means when dad, depending on your childhood, if dad was not around or dad was abusive or mom and dad were fighting all the time or, or, or dad just abandoned you, in your nervous system as a child, it, you're going to start feeling like, oh, love is, love is unavailable. Yep. Or lo- lo- love, love leaves, or love isn't safe, 
and that gets wired in your nervous system. That's yep. the association. It's not conscious, so to speak. And so often in relationships, unconsciously, you will go into life without conscious awareness, but with this patterning in your nervous system, you will go into life and you will vibrationally, energetically gravitate towards a person that is an energetic similarity to your association of love. So you'll go out, you'll meet a man, and you'll be like, oh, I feel, I like him. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel, I feel a connection. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm attracted. I feel like I know him. I feel like yes. my soulmate. I feel yes. like so familiar. Yes. He does feel familiar, but energetically, nervous system, it's your dad. You're in relationship with the energy, the yeah. patterning. The, it's, we think it's chemistry. It's not chemistry. I call it, if I can say, I call it shittistry. It's yeah, your, it. your, your conditioning matches his conditioning in your nervous system, and it is what pulls you together. And that's often why we attract who we attract. In your unconscious there is, in your psyche, there is an unconscious impulse to heal mm-hmm. the unresolved patterns inside of you, which is why we then pull to us people that trigger, people that have the familiar resonance to what is unresolved to us in order to heal that dynamic. So when yeah. you understand that, then you understand the true purpose of relationship. Yes, to have great sex. Yes, to go to the movies. Yes, to get ro- Yes, to have vacations. But the true purposes of relationship is you attract to you a partner because they're a mere manifestation. You attract to you a partner because you have lessons to learn. And ultimately, the true purpose of relationship is evolution. Evolution from the standpoint of learning the lessons, learning the lessons mm-hmm. as to why you attracted your husband to you. Yeah. Learning the lessons because the degree to which you learn the lessons, you heal yourself, you transform yourself is the degree to which you will free yourself. And as you free yourself, then the things that may have pissed you off or upset you or triggered you, as you heal those parts of yourself, you might find yourself relating to him differently now. Amen. Not yep. as triggered anymore. Yep. Or you might find yourself communicating differently, relating differently, mm-hmm. uh, or, or even being being different whereby you start attracting a different response attracting and inspiring a different way of being right from your man that is that then transform your relationship because as you evolve you transform your vibration shifts you heal yourself Mm -hmm. you heal the inadequacies insecurities you can then Maybe your man doesn't initially say, but you can respond to him differently. You can respond to him less reactively. You can respond to him in a whole different way that might trigger and inspire his growth, his healing, his understanding, and his evolution in a way that becomes transformative. So then relationship becomes, when you understand the real purpose of relationship, then when you're triggered and he's triggered, you can both go through it with intention and relationship becomes a profound transformational vehicle, almost a transformational yoke for your healing and his evolution. And so don't try to change your man, change yourself. Amen. Amen. Everything you just, everything you just said, everything you just said, um, you know, I've been married for 23 years. I've been married to a long, you know, for a long time, long, long time. And although don't get me wrong to me, he is sexy as shit, right? <laughs> sexy. And, you know, 
in the beginning of our marriage, the first four years, we were both trying to change each other. We didn't know how to be in a relationship. Doesn't we had work. no clue what we were doing. We're not taught. We're not taught. And we were literally one month away from divorce. I, it's true. We were one month away from divorce. And, you know, when I was doing my own work, I realized, well, well, fuck, man. I, I really have to figure this out. I have to figure this out for myself. And once I started, we weren't, you know, obviously we were separated, but once I started to like figure out, well, who the hell am I? Like, who am I really? Right? Like, you know, yes, I want to be, you know, an exceptional mom. And yes, I want to be, you know, the perfect wife. But like, well, damn, I'm tired. I am tired because it's just, it, it just felt so draining. And it was like, okay, what do I want to do? And what I realized through my own journey is, well, you're constantly recreating your childhood. Dude, like, yes. and why the hell do you keep on recreating your childhood? Oh, because it's familiar. Because mm-hmm. you know the exact steps because and, you've and, and, done and, this and before. See, and it feels like love. Yeah. You, Even it, yes. It's like, ah, this feels like what love is. Yes. But it's not healthy and I'm not happy, but it's, it, it's the familiarity. Yes. Right? And so we often recreate that, that childhood energy to actually heal through it and move through yeah. it. There's yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started to work on myself, what I wanted in life. I mean, shit, even what type of ice cream flavor that I enjoyed. Ah, like go. everything just started to shift and change. And I went back to school and I was like, well, I actually like school and I actually want to go ahead and pursue this career. But I noticed so many things were starting to change for me. And the craziest part is, and I love that you use the word inspire. I use that as well. You can't change people. You can inspire change. Yes. The craziest thing happened. Again, me and my husband were separated. All of a sudden, I started to be a witness to some of his change. And again, we weren't together, you know, but it was, I was making all these changes. I went from being either the aggressor or submissive. I didn't know how to assert myself to all of a sudden setting these healthy boundaries, communicating effectively my needs, not taking shit from anybody and just like really honing in on who I was unapologetically. And it was crazy because, yes, of course, I was attracting my husband, but just the people that I was surrounded by, my professors, you know, um, just my my work colleagues, like... I was attracting a different state of being for other people. And it was interesting because when my husband and I did, you know, work on recommitting and being together, you know, one of the biggest things for me was there's no way I'm going back. There's no way I'm going back to that dysfunction. And good for you. Right. And it was just, it was. It was definitely transformational. Like both he and I became independent so that we were interdependent. We were actually not looking for the other person to meet our needs. Instead, it was like, I can actually enjoy you and want to be with you. I don't need to be with you. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was crazy because it was there. It was then that we started to become like the best of friends and have fun together have so much fun together. And so I love, I love what you're, I I love everything that you just stated because it is so true. And it's so, it's so freeing. When, 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 you know, 
since we're speaking to women and you know in, in this yeah. conversation i would say when you as a woman and again i would have a whole different conversation with men so, <laughs> of so course, it's not of course. To, to, to put them off the hook here we got to do but, another but, podcast but, but, we'll but do another you, podcast on that one as a woman shift and evolve and heal and expand mm-hmm. your vibration and energy shifts that energetic vibrational shift becomes a invitation yeah to the man to evolve and grow many women i have seen play small and don't transform fully into yes. what, you know do the work that you just said because they're afraid if yes. i heal and transform and really expand into my bigness then well i still want to be him with him I, 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 I know that this won't work. So there let me just kind of keep myself small because yes. then then it can keep the pattern of the relationship together. And so when you first come into a relationship, you're it's like a it's like a balloon. You're both kind of like in a certain shape together. Mm-hmm. And as one person evolves, it, it it expands one side of the balloon, it puts pressure on the balloon, and then it that's the invitation for the other person to grow and evolve. And then the other person grows and evolves. And so as you as a woman you heal and you transform. Like, don't worry about him healing. You yep. heal, transform. You heal, do your internal work, your energy and vibration shift. That energetic vibration becomes an, an invitation for him yes. mentally, emotionally to also rise up and shift. And, and here's the truth. Well, I believe is the truth. I think women, you as women, have the gift and often are the are the leaders Hell in yeah. many ways. Are the I, was, I was hoping you would that, say that, that, yes. That, 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 that I don't want to say are here to, but are here to assist us men to evolve and grow. Yeah. And many times we grow and evolve because you provide the lead, because you yeah. evolve first. And that evolution is the invitation for us to expand into. And, and, and so I would say, don't tell your man what to do. No. Don't, don't, don't direct him what to do. Instead, you heal yourself, mm-hmm. you transform, become as expanded, inspiring, feminine being as you can. Yeah. And, and that will hopefully inspire him to rise up and live into his potential. If he loves you, if he's, if he's, if he's sensible, if he's he, mm-hmm. he will go, wow, if I, wanna, if I want this to work, I, I need to up my game. Yep. And so you do that and observe what happens without, without constantly jumping in and do this, do it. Yep. Just hold the Just space, expand. That energy is the invitation that will allow him to rise into his next level. And then you can keep, you know, growing together. That's, yes. that's the key. Don't, and, and yes. don't do for him what he needs to do himself. Bingo. That's a mistake women make. They want to do the healing for him. They want to find the therapist for him. They want to change him. Don't do that. Don't do that. You you can provide inspiration. You can provide ideas, but he has to, of his own accord, want to change and be willing to do the mental, psychological, emotional work to change. One mistake that women make is they are constantly seeing his potential. Yes. And it's like, oh, but I see his potential. Yeah. You know, Veronica, it's just his potential. His poten- yeah, you cannot bullshit, just be girl. in relationship bullshit. with his potential. No. It's, be- it's beautiful to see his potential, but you've got to also see where he's currently at. And, and if a relationship is going to work, he has to be willing 
to receive your seeing his potential and do the therapeutic, mental, psychological, emotional work in reality. Yep. To live into the potential that you're seeing. Because if he doesn't do the psychological, mental, emotional work, you can see the potential for the next 15 okay. years, but he, he won't change. And so I always tell women, stop making excuses for your man. Don't, yes. don't, don't nag him. Don't, you know, bust his balls. Don't, but mm-hmm. just stop making mm-hmm. excuses. Because many times women, I have seen, this is with clients and friends, I have seen make excuses for the man with because you, you, you're just compassionate beings. You know, you yeah. as feminine, you are love. And so you have so much love that, that sometimes you just make excuses for us. And yeah. you making excuses for him just keeps him small. So yes. when you stop making excuses for him, you transform yourself, you hold the space, you, you be as God as magnificent as you can be, mm-hmm. then that is the energetic invitation where either he's going to rise into that and yep. step into his next level or not. And there is a risk, but there is also a lot to gain. Yes. Um, one thing that I love that you said is we can't work harder than him. There's, we, we can't work harder. We can't work. We, we can't, you know, um, even as a therapist, that's one thing that I often tell my clients, listen, you're here, um, you know, this is great. You're, you're ready to go ahead and pursue this change and you're wanting this help. However, I'm going to tell you straight up, although I'm a therapist, I will not work harder than you. You essentially have to be the one that does the work. Otherwise, you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time because it's not it's not going to happen. It's just, yeah, he, it's just not going to happen. You know, he has to want to change, right? And, and 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 on some level, he has also manifested you as a woman yes. into his life because perhaps there's a deep soul impulse in him that wants to rise up that he may not be in touch with right now. So you are also his a response to his soul's prayer to yep. evolve. As well, Bingo. if you both understand that, then you can both be be evolving and shifting together. and transforming together. Together, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, how? Mm. I guess I, I'm, there's like so many questions, and we we'll definitely have to do a podcast number two. But um, <laughs> I will ask you, what is? Um, gosh, mm. what is one? What is one statement? You can, what is one sentence, one statement, one piece of advice that you can give our listeners right now to do right now, like to do after they're done listening to this podcast, what is one step you want them to take right now? Wow. I would just say, sit down. You know, I think we touched on it briefly, but sit down and acknowledge the lies you're telling yourself. Like what lies are you telling yourself? Just start there. What lies am I telling myself? What is the BS I'm telling? Where am I lying to myself? Yeah. And just start getting like, make a list and start getting really real and raw and honest. Yeah. The other thing is I would say, take a look at what do I want in life? What do I want in relationships? But who do I need to be? And really look at who, who do I need to be in order to have that? Then you start seeing where the gap is. Like, who do I really need to be? The other thing I would just invite people is to sit with, like, sit with this. Like, you are going to die. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to be morbid here. but No, you, it's true, girl. You, you better listen. Yep. You are going to die. Feel it. 
embrace your, like meditate on your death today. Feel it, feel it, because the reality of death gets you in touch with the sacredness of life. And many of us, we we waste time in situations. We waste time in relationships. We waste time in jobs we hate, thinking we have forever, and we don't. Life is precious. And so feel your death, hold it close, use it to activate a fierce urgency to get real and get raw and live yeah. life. And, and because none of us know when that moment's going to come. You know, I hope yeah. that we all live a long life, but the people who died in 9-11 or tsunami or natural disaster didn't know that they weren't going to come home that night and look their loved ones in the eyes and say, hey, I love you or yeah. forgive me. And so if this, if death came, would you be ready? And if not, why not? Like what's ungiven? What's unsaid? What's unforgiven? What's, what hasn't been communicated? Do it because when you die and you meet your maker, you can't go to God and say, can I get a refund on those two years yeah. that I wasted in my relationship? Can I get a refund on those 10 years? It's gone. And so how, ask yourself, how would I need to live so that if death came, I could die without any regrets? Yes. What a, I feel like it's like a standing ovation. What a powerful way to end this podcast. Coot, thank you so much. I want to know, and our listeners I know are dying to know, <laughs> where can we find you? How can we work with you? Uh, just a couple of ways. The book, The Magic of Surrender. Yes. Uh, available on Amazon. Get the paperback version. Check it out. It's a simple guide to living many of the things I'm talking about. If people feel really inspired by the conversation, I would say, uh, one of my favorite things to do that really has transformed many lives around the world. Twice a year, I do a 12-day event uh, in Bali. It's called Boundless oh, Bliss. Yeah. Boundless Bliss. Uh, www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com. And for those that feel uh, a readiness to transform, to heal, to connect to your deepest truth, and you have a sense that you've been put on the planet for a purpose that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. This is a 12-day immersion seminar training that is designed to help uncondition you and unprogram you so that you can connect to your power. So uh, we do it twice a year. This is my last year doing the event. And so July the 28th to August the 8th is the next one. Okay. Go to the website and find out all the info and apply. Amazing. And we'll explore the possibilities. Uh, my main website, Coot, K-U-T-E, CootBlackson.com. Uh, you can find out generally info there. And yes, Instagram, Coot Blackson, Facebook, Coot Love Now. Awesome. Coot, this has been amazing. Yeah, thank thank you. you again. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Let's be honest. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. Five things that are killing your marriage tips from a therapist. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. Ladies, this guide is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for couples. I am on a mission to help you and your partner experience stress-free living. With this free guide, we are setting our marriages up for success. But it starts with you. You will find this free guide here in the show notes or go to www.veronicacisneros.org. The information I will be providing you is next level. 
And people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope 
listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I'm Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. 
I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.